0: Hello, welcome to the Thursday, December 3rd, 2020 edition of the Sands and the Stormcast. My name is Johannes Ulrich, and today I'm recording from Jacksonville, Florida. To start out with today, we have a new paper looking at the prevalence of uh, DNS spoofing. Now, the paper uh, was uh, done by Lan Wei and John Heideman, and it's based on six years worth of uh, data. Now, one thing they found is that, first of all, DNS spoofing is not very common. 1.7% uh, of observations that uh, they collected did indicate DNS spoofing, but they also say it doubled over the six years in which uh, they actually collected data. Now, just to clarify, when they're talking about DNS spoofing, they're not necessarily talking about sort of passively spoofing DNS responses. But uh, for pretty much the most part, they're talking about people playing machine in the middle, intercepting DNS requests, and then instead of outright forwarding them to a legitimate authority name server uh, these uh, dns resolvers will then alter the response you probably have seen things like this for example for captive portals but also sometimes isps uh, use systems like this in order to for example redirect users to internal search pages if they try to request a domain that does not exist. So in this case, an NX domain response from a valid DNS server would be turned into a, a record that points to that internal search page. There are numerous uh, motivations for doing things like this. It could be as simple as trying to help out the user, but more likely there's some kind of financial gain here in redirecting users uh, to internal websites that, of course, then are monetized via advertisement and user tracking. The countermeasure that's being offered here is of course uh, DNSSEC. Uh, However, you have to be a little bit careful here that you're not asking DNSSEC uh, to do more than it really can do. Uh, Because if a recursive resolver that you're using is the exclusive source of any DNS knowledge that you have. Well, uh, this recursive resolver could easily strip DS records or strip DNS keys and the like and as a result uh, provide still bad answers without you noticing it even if the original domain was signed with DNSSEC. Instead, you definitely should make sure that a recursive resolver that you're using is one that you trust. And uh, of course, that uh, this recursive resolver does forward unaltered responses from authoritative name servers. And then that's, of course, also where these newer protocols like DNS over TLS and DNS over HTTPS fit in, because they will protect that connection that someone who has a network machine in the middle position isn't able to intercept and alter these requests and responses. And over the weekend, SonaTypes, Nexus Intelligence uh, got lucky again and found two malicious modules published in NPM. The Node Packet Manager that, of course, is often used to include packages into Node.js code. The two packages, jdb.js and dbjson.js, are trying to Mimic uh, some legitimate packages. For example, there is a JDB package. There is a DB JSON package without the dot JS extension but of course since you're usually dealing with javascript code uh, in node well the .js extension may not raise any suspicion and indeed these files are not just javascript files jdb.js is the sort of more obviously malicious ones of the two it does include a straight up, uh, Windows Trojan, the Plada Bindi uh, Trojan and Information Stealer. The second one, dbjson.js, actually looks a little bit uh, more legit. It has a proper npm uh, information page and it apparently also implements a database based around json files but then also does include the first package which then of course uh, does execute uh, the malicious uh, code and that's of the Overall problem often with NPM that you have these multiple level of dependencies, which are not easily sort of resolved by a human reviewing the code. Both modules were published by the same author and of course by now have been removed. Not really clear here how popular they were, how often uh, they were actually downloaded, but the Sonatype blog has uh, more details, including various indicators, how they were discovered and uh, IP address and such they would exfiltrate data to. And Juniper is reporting that a recent WebLogic vulnerability that uh, we have also been writing about. It was pretty much exploited as soon as uh, Oracle released a patch for it a month or so ago. Well, According to Juniper, this vulnerability is uh, now being taken advantage of uh, by uh, the uh, dark IRC botnet. And well, you're able to actually purchase the botnet for the low price of $75, telling you uh, that uh, this vulnerability probably has run its course and, well, all vulnerable systems have pretty much uh, been taken over and have been compromised probably multiple times at this point. According to Juniper, there's still something like 3,000 vulnerable servers connected to the internet. And well, this is it for today. So thanks for listening and talk to you again tomorrow.